Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Time for the 49ers Rush Podcast. And here's your host, John Chapman. What is going on, Faithful? It is absolutely incredible to be with everybody today. It's Sunday, which means we're talking football. That's what this day's for, man. It's awesome. Uh, love all the hashtag CCs. The countdown crew is strong. What's up, Angel? Big Papa says, perfect time. I just got home from church and lunch. That's what's up. Uh, what's up, C- CJ? Shot J. We got a lot of people here. This is going to be a fun episode. One, because I'm not unpacking. That's incredible. And also, I do want to apologize. The show was scheduled to start like 15 minutes earlier. And as soon as I scheduled the show, I finished all my notes and all that stuff. I get a call from the wifey, who is the best ever. But uh, she locked herself out of her office at work. And so I had to go pick her up. So I had to push it back a little bit. But very, very happy to be here with you guys. What's up, Mosquito Killer? Glad to be with you guys. So. Here's what we are going to do today. The the title of the show says it. Why the 49ers are an anomaly. We're going to look at a a couple different factors for why they are kind of outliers over the past uh, 10 to 15 years-ish. We're going back to 2010 to where we are today. Uh, We're going to look at playoff appearances, championships, or lack thereof. uh, Just roster building, all those things. Um, And so excited about that. Now, we're going to continue our off-season dialogue of the best numbers out there um but before we do two rather large nfl signings that i do think affect the 49ers in a small way just across the twitter sphere deandre hopkins um signed to the tennessee titans i think it's a good fit um do i think that he'll compete for a championship i do not i think he'll be the number one wide receiver i think he'll get a lot of targets but my favorite thing about this signing he's no longer in the nfc west uh, I think the Rams, probably not too much of a fit. They could have used them, but they're just literally tanking the season. Um, so it's nice to have one of the better wide receivers. And one of the reasons why the Niners went out and got somebody like a Charvarius Ward was to play against these bigger wide receivers, DK Metcalf, Cooper Cup, DeAndre Hopkins. Hopkins is gone now. And they replaced him with Marquise Brown, who's tiny, tiny, tiny. So, interesting uh glad that he's out of the division he was a hell of a player and i felt like he always played well against the niners glad he is gone and then a tight end evan ingram (coughs) tight end for the jags three-year deal 41.2 million dollars love to see people get paid always makes me happy but i went immediately to george kittle's deal he signed his deal 15 million per year. Evan Ingram's at 13.7. And this is kind of the way in which, you know, top NFL contracts go because it's just constantly everything's rising. 
that George Kittle deal just looks better and better every single year. You know, had one of his best years, especially down the stretch with all the touchdowns. He was scoring double-digit touchdowns. But, man, is there anything that Evan Ingram does better than George Kittle? You know, he's a receiving tight end, kind of only. But Kittle's a better receiver than him. He's a better big play guy. He's a better touchdown guy. He's a better reception guy. Not to mention everything that Kittle brings in the run-blocking game. I'm just saying, you're paying Kittle $1.3 million more per year than Evan Ingram's getting? That is a value. Um, just if you're looking at those two things. There's more that goes into it, age, whatever else. I get it. I freaking love this deal more and more as time goes on. Um, and so I, I freaking love it. I love it. I love it. Um, here we go. What's up? Carew 51 says, hey, John, I'm ready for the new season. Let's go Niners. Man, we're getting close. You know, I put out on Twitter, we are 56 days, Quan Alexander days away from kickoff. Uh, there's countdown to camp. There's countdown to, you know, the practices that are going to be open to the public, which I'm hoping. I got tickets. I got one ticket <laughs> to every single open training camp practice. One of the benefits of now living in the Bay Area. I'm planning on being at all of them. There's one day that I might not be able to make. But uh, I'm trying to finagle around that one. But if you're coming out to practices, man, come say what's up. Uh, so excited about all this. Look at this. Mosquito says, wow, that's crazy, but happy to hear for the Titans. Yeah, you know, DeAndre Hopkins from that part of, you know, he's played at Clemson. It, it's over in that kind of Southeast territory. So we'll see. We'll, we'll see what that looks like. CJ, he says, do you think the Rams look much better if they stay healthy? No. Um, I think they could threaten the Hawks for number two. You know, Wayne and I are going through and we're doing the roster analysis rankings of each position group. And the Seattle Seahawks, I'm sorry, the Los Angeles Rams are as bad as could possibly be. So we've done one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, ten, eleven, twelve. We have one more. We've done 12 separate position groups for the NFC West. The only time that they have not finished dead last once, twice, three times. That's it. So out of 13 groups, the Rams have finished last 10 times. Out of That's out of, with the Cardinals included. The Cardinals have a much better roster. It's not even close than the Rams. Now, the question turns to, how much does coaching McVay head and shoulders above Jonathan Gannon. And then how much do the three superstars, if you want to call them that, Aaron Donald superstar, Cooper Cut superstar, Stafford, yeah, he's he's great. He, he's a good quarterback. But I don't know if he's a superstar. But how much can those three superstars and the coaching staff elevate them past the Cardinals? We'll see. I, I, I really don't know. But, you know, I told everybody the last several years, if you look at the way the Rams were built – they were the most shallow depth team in the NFL the past five years in a row. But for four out of five of those years, they were the most healthy team, right? Back to your question, CJ. They were the, the year they won the Super Bowl. They had almost no injuries, none. I mean, you had Odell Beckham. He got hurt like in the NFC Championship or the playoff game, whatever, but they won. Then last year, they still were not one of the most injured teams. They were an average NFL injured team. And you saw what happened. So, CJ, back to your question. If the Rams stay healthy, could they threaten the Hawks for number two? I don't think so. 
I really, really don't. I, I know everybody's betting the over on the Rams, and they're like, hey, you know, this is a team that's had so much success. They have broken the record for most undrafted free agents, and I guarantee you this, they're going to probably have six undrafted free agents starting week one. Look at the roster, guys. Go scroll through that roster. It's like a Where's Waldo. They do not have talent. They do not have depth. They've got three superstars and a great coach. That's it. It's a bad, 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 bad team. Very bad team. If they have one or two injuries, they're going to be in competition for the number one overall pick, which I do not want. Um, I do not want. Uh, that scares me to death. Now, let's go through... And appreciate you guys. I'm flying solo today. Um, so if you have your questions and they come through, go ahead. Oh, what's up, Don Burr? We got Don Burr. What's up, Lion King? I love it. Uh, go ahead and tag me, and uh, we can get to that. Look at that. Viking says, Bay Area, Chapman now? Yeah. yeah. I'm uh, over in El Cerrito, East Bay Area. We spent the day in uh, San Francisco, did some of the tourist traps for the kiddo who's never seen any of that stuff. It was fun. It was a lot of fun. So, um but if you have questions or something you want to go over, just tag me in the chat. Put at John in there so that I can see it. Uh, Micah says this. I don't want the Rams being bad enough to get Caleb Williams, though. I do not want Caleb Williams in the NFC West. Um, I'm hoping that the Rams and the Cardinals both do well enough to not pick in the top two. Um, Drake May's good, but I'm concerned about Caleb Williams. Uh, that That's about it. That's about it. So uh, let's go to, let's talk best 23. We're continuing with our best of number series. And the whole idea is who is the best player to ever wear the number 23 for the 49ers? I don't care what people did for other teams. Just care about what they do in the red and gold. So let's jump into this. Some recent names that are not in contention <laughs> for best number 23. LaMichael James, uh, Jamichael Hasty, Taylor Mays. Y'all remember him? Um, yeah, just not there. What's up, Phil? Glad you're here. Um, Johnny Fuller going back 1970 to 72 has an eight AV score. That's approximate value from pro football reference. Pretty low. He's a fourth round pick, uh, from Lamar, Texas boy, 21 starts in five years, played in 63 games, seven career interception with the Niners. He's decent. Um, Akello Witherspoon. Yeah, uh, 2017 to 2020, Niners wanted him to be that corner. He had a 13 AV score, started 33 games, four interceptions, just never developed into a physical player, always injured. Now he's starting for the Rams. Like, this is a guy we cut and, like, washed out of Pittsburgh. Now he's day one starter for the Rams, and there's no competition. Their corners are bad, bad, bad. Um, now, I think it comes down to two players for number 23, we got to talk CMC, Christian McCaffrey. Um, oh, what's up, Jax? I love it. Uh, hey, John, have a great show. Thank you so much. Uh, appreciate your positivity. means the world to me. Jax is the best. Excited to hang out in Pittsburgh. Uh, She's going to be there. I'm going to be there. We're going to have a good time. Going to be a blast. Christian McCaffrey. Now, let's be honest. There's no way we could crown CMC the best to wear 23 ever. He's played in not even a full season, barely over half a season. Now, if you just look at his AV score, he's already at 10. Already at 10. Took him half a year to get there. If he has another half a year like he did with us, then he would be the best ever. There's not a lot of great 23s. But for me, 
and Pro Football Reference agrees with me. The greatest number 23 to ever play for the 49ers, I'm going Marquez Pope, cornerback, 1995 to 1998. He had an 18 AV score, which is the tops uh, for all 23s. Six interceptions in 1996 alone. He had a pick six as well. Started 39 games with the Niners. Now, the one thing, this doesn't really go into best 49ers player, but he played for every Cali team, all of them. He played for the 49ers. He played for the Los Angeles Rams. He played for the Oakland Raiders, and he played for San Diego. Uh, also threw at a little stint there with Cleveland, 10-year career. Uh, Pope was awesome. Um, a lot of fun there. A lot of fun. And, you know, CMC will be that guy, but I don't think that he will. Bump and run specialist, says Nathan. I love it. I love it. Pablo, my top three show to watch for the latest Niners news. I love it. Hey, that is an honor and a privilege. Thank you, guys. And if you haven't yet, go ahead and click that like button if you're watching live. Um, and if you're not, if you're listening to the audio context or audio platform, thank you. I really appreciate it. If you can subscribe, rate, review the show, that helps us tremendously on the downloads format. But if you're watching this, man, click that little like button. Doesn't cost you anything. Freeway helps support the show. Helps us out a lot. Thank you, guys. Really do appreciate that. Look at Mosquito Killer. Said, oh, my God, I forgot about Pope. Loved him. Yeah, he was a hell of a player. Um, I, I really do think that that's something. It's weird. The 90s were an interesting time because you had a lot of really good teams and a lot of legendary players. But, man, there were a lot of glue guys that just kind of, I don't know, and I think that's part of what we do in this show here at the 49ers Rush is we want to embrace nostalgia. We want to embrace what got us here, right? And I don't want these players to be forgotten. Marquez Pope needs to be remembered. And for us today, guess what? The best number 23 all time for the 49ers. But, <laughs> but, big but, CMC's probably going to blow past him relatively soon. But that doesn't diminish what Pope did for this team. Uh, he was a hell of a player. Football season may be over, but the action on the floor is heating up. Whether it's tournament season or fight for home playoff court, there's no shortage of high-stakes basketball moments this time of year. Get in on the excitement with Prize Picks, America's number one fantasy sports app, where you can turn your hoops knowledge into serious cash. And Prize Picks even offers injury insurance so that your entries stay in play even if one of your players get injured. For basketball games, if you have a player who exits the game in the first half and does not return in the second, that player projection won't count against you and the rest of your entry stays live. There's lots of bets. Stephen Curry, over 27.5 points. Draymond Green, will he make one three-pointer or no? Very easy things to bet. Download the app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Again, download the Prize Picks app today and use code 49ers for a first deposit match up to $100. Pick more, pick less. It's that easy. Now, news. Let's jump into some Niners news. I thought this was interesting. There's Robbie Gold comes out. He was at the Lake Tahoe uh, Golf Tournament, uh, charity golf something. Um, anyway, I know Coach Cruz was there. Got some awesome pictures with uh, Alex Smith and Robbie Gold. He said that the Niners never contacted him. Uh, and this all comes from Matt Mayoko, who was there, does great work as always. Quote, I told them. I wanted to go back there. We never got an offer from the team. We never had a conversation about coming back, end quote. 
Now, here's where it gets a little spicy. And you build your bridges, and you burn your bridges. There's no doubt about it. It, it, Robbie Gold has been very outspoken for a kicker. I mean, he's a kicker that talks trash. I kind of love that. Um, the very first time his contract ended with the Niner, he was very outspoken. I do not want to play for San Francisco. I do not want to play for San Francisco. I want to play elsewhere. I want to play elsewhere. Well, the Niners forced his hand. They franchise tagged him, paid him top-tier market money, played out that contract. And then here's here's where it gets weird to me. I, I don't think that Robbie Gold was lying or whatever. I don't think that that was the case. But Robbie Gold and his agent, him or his agent, back March 4th, this is 11 days before the free agency period even started, put out, quote, I will test free agency and kick elsewhere next season, end quote. So if if we hold both of these statements as accurate, which I don't see why you would not, Gold wanted the Niners to re-sign him, got no contact with them, and so before free agency, tried to kind of push the hand a little bit and say, hey, stir up a market. Look, I'm free. But that's weird to me. Um, and he did it once, and it worked. Niners franchise tagged him, paid him, whatever. That was a win-win. Niners didn't want to do that again. He's getting old. We don't have a kickoff specialist. Mish Wisnowski cannot do kickoffs, so that's a major issue why you have to have a kicker that can do that now the question of should the Niners have signed him that's a whole nother debate the Niners currently have 9.2 million dollar salary cap money which is pretty solid not bad uh this is from 49ers cap he's been on the show he does a hell of a job um at 49ers cap on Twitter if you want to follow him they're going to jump up to even more 15 million plus probably once they get the Bosa deal done that would bring even more salary cap. So Niners could have signed him, but I don't think that they should have. Not that I don't like Robbie gold perfect through the playoffs. I get all those things. I think Kyle Shanahan was tired of several things. One Robbie gold doesn't have a big leg. He's accurate as all get out. I think that will continue for whoever he kicks for, but he's still out there on the streets. Nobody else has signed him either. I mean, any team can go sign him. He's just sitting there. So that should tell you something. But two, he doesn't have the leg. You know, the Niners had to get past the 30-yard line just to attempt a field goal with gold. I think that says a lot. And so now let's put on the John Chapman hat. That does not mean... That just because I didn't want to sign Robbie Gold that I wanted to spend a third-round pick on a kicker. That's what the Niners chose to do anyway. Here we are. We can't change that. That's okay. I hope Jake Moody's amazing. But I don't know. I I, I don't – not to say that I don't value the kicking position. I do. Special teams are so damn important. The question that I have is, man, that's a lot of assets on a team with very little draft capital this year. But if Robbie Gold is a pro bowler, all pro – I think it'll be worth it. Uh, we just got to hope uh, we see that. Look at Mark. What's up, Mark? How you doing, man? He says, Robbie needs a new agent. Yeah. I, I think I think that's one of the things that we got to, you know, I, he's made a lot of money in his career, and I'm happy for him, and he deserved it. He's awesome. But, yeah, it was weird. You press things a little too much. Ultimatums are weird. He did it once. It worked for him. Second time just didn't seem like it happened. Um just didn't see right here. Micah, we're jumping around a little bit. The fact that Steve Young only got one Super Bowl shows how hard it is to win one. 
man, it's hard to get to championships. That's just the reality of what it is. Now, let, let's 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 shift here. NFL Stats put out this tweet. Uh, you follow them at NFL underscore Stats. They do put out great stuff. And basically said this, you know, most playoff wins from 2010 to now. So you're talking 13, actually, yeah, 13 seasons. You count 2010, that's one. Yeah, so 13 seasons. And it was interesting just looking at how the numbers went because I think this is where the whole title of the show came from. Things don't make sense with what's happened. So let me just go through, okay? First is the Patriots. This is playoff wins for every team since 2010, okay? So Patriots 16, their first place. Chiefs 12, second place. Niners are in third with 11. We're one behind the Chiefs. Packers tied with us 11. Seahawks 10, Ravens 8, Rams 7, Broncos 6, Eagles 6, Bengals 5, Bucks 5, Giants 5, Saints 5, Steelers 5. Then it goes on and on and on. You go all the way close to the bottom. You find the Cowboys with three wins. Uh, three playoff wins, all in the wild card round, mind you. The Cowboys have not, not made it past the divisional round since 1996, uh, which is crazy. Now, so the Niners, if you just look at playoff wins over the last three years, we're top notch. We are definitely in the elite status. But the thing that stood out to me most, every single one of these teams had one quarterback for all of these wins except the 49ers. Patriots, 16 wins, all Tom Brady. Chiefs, 12 wins, all Patrick Mahomes. Packers, 11 wins, guess what? Aaron Rodgers. Seahawks, 10, little troll Russell Wilson. And so it's really interesting, and you can kind of keep going down through this list, and you can say, oh, well, this, 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 this. But then you get to the Niners. Totally different story. It's not even close to the same as all those other ones. Why? Because we didn't have one quarterback with a playoff win. We didn't have two. We didn't have three. We had four. It took the 49ers four quarterbacks to get those 11 playoff wins. They're broke down like this. Alex Smith, one career playoff win with the Niners. Brock Purdy, two already. Garoppolo, four. Colin Kaepernick, four. And again, you're looking at Brady, Mahomes, Rodgers, Russell Wilson. The Niners have built things differently, and it's not even just a Kyle Shanahan thing. It is a Kyle Shanahan thing. It was a hardball thing, too. How did he build his team? Elite offensive line, great defense. How did the you know Kyle Shanahan build his team? Elite defense, elite playmakers. So you're building different ways. The other teams have built, look, we're going to find an elite quarterback, and that's going to carry our team. That's just what it's going to be. The Niners haven't done that. Now, the flip side of this argument is you could say, and it breaks my heart to even say this out loud, almost every team in the top nine has won a Super Bowl, except the 49ers. Niners got there twice. We're never able to kind of seal the deal. They got close both times, super close both times. And that's it's just kind of what it takes, you know, back to, you know, the comment just that, you know, the fact that they're right here, Micah. In fact, Steve Young only got to one Super Bowl. Shows you how hard it is to win one. It's hard, man. Things just got to go your way. And it doesn't matter who you are. You look at the Chiefs this year. They almost lost. Eagles almost won the damn Super Bowl this year. They got pretty damn close. If 
Jalen Hurts doesn't have that fumble run back for a touchdown. I think they win the Super Bowl. But you had that one bad snap. He Josh Johnston did, <laughs> and it cost him. It cost him the Super Bowl. I ain't even mad. Ain't even mad. Not even a little bit. And I don't. I don't like the Chiefs. I respect Mahomes. I don't like Mahomes. I respect him. You know, I've, I'm a Longhorn and a 49ers fan. So, uh, <laughs> been rooting for teams going against Patrick Mahomes nonstop. And he's a hell of a player. I think that he's probably the most talented quarterback that's ever played the game. And whenever it's all said and done, he could be the best ever. He's on trajectory to do so. But, man, he almost lost it too. And look at Mahomes. Mahomes has been to five NFC championship games. Five. He made it to the Super Bowl three times. He's won two. So, like, you know, if we're talking Steve Young, if we're talking even who everybody considers the best player in the NFL right now, Patrick Mahomes, it's not even a lock for him. Five AFC championship games, he's gotten two Super Bowl wins, which is incredible, but, like, even him, he has lost. He's lost championship games. He's lost Super Bowl. It's hard, man. It's just hard to get there. And I think that the way in which Shanahan, as opposed to Jim Harbaugh, has kind of handled this whole thing, he's quarterback proofing it. Now, what happens when you get that stud quarterback? And I know somebody right now is screaming at their TV or phone or whatever. Jimmy Garoppolo was that stud quarterback. I don't think so. I think he's a good quarterback, but he's not a stud. And and I'll I'll constantly go back to this. If you do not have an elite quarterback, a top five quarterback in the NFL, you got to constantly try to get one. You got to. Now, the Niners went and did that for Trey Lance. Eh, he hasn't panned out yet. Hasn't really played much yet. We've seen him in four games. Who knows? Maybe he could be that. We got to see Brock. Was Brock that? He's got... Hardcore physical limitations. There's no doubt about it. Size, arm strength, whatever. But you look at the damn numbers, that's pretty damn elite. Can he be that long-term? I hope so. But, man, imagine what you can do with this roster once you do get an elite quarterback. And if Brock and Trey Lance just continue to be, not continue to be, but turn out to be just average or a little better than average, I hope they go get somebody else too. Not that I'm saying I don't want Brock here. I'm saying Shanahan and John Lynch have built this roster differently than almost any other team in the NFL. You saw teams this year, right? You saw the Carolina Panthers, number one overall pick. They go get Bryce Young. Is that team ready to win? No, it's not even close. You see the Houston Texans, right? They go get C.J. Stroud. I like. I thought that was the right pick. They trade up and they get Will Anderson. Is that team ready to win and ready to compete? No, it's not. You look at the Indianapolis Colts. They go spend the fourth pick on Anthony Richardson. Might he's not might he's the most athletic quarterback even over guys like Michael Vick ever to play the game. Maybe he's great. Are they ready to win a championship? No, they're not. He's building differently. Does that mean he's right? Well, he hasn't won a championship yet. You can talk about all of the you know playoff victories, NFC Championship appearances, the success that you've turned this franchise around, Kyle Shanahan has. But I don't want to put all the value and credibility on just a Super Bowl win. I don't think that that fits. Is Dan Marino not a successful quarterback? Like, come on. Uh, he never won the Super Bowl, but damn, he's pretty damn good. 
I don't know. We'll see. Now, before we get to more questions and comments, real quick, I do have an announcement to make. I'm so excited about this. We have added every single one of the games to the 2023 49ers Rush Road Trip. I'm so pumped about this. And so it, go get your tickets, 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. We're doing 12 games this year. Okay, we had five. We added a bunch more home games. I'm here. Uh, so the games that we have added, we have added the season or opener, week three versus the Giants, Thursday night game. We got a tailgate set up for that one. Week four, home against the Cardinals. We're going to be there for that one. Cowboys game week five, we were already doing week eight against the Bengals. Might be one of the best games of the year. Home game here at Levi's, we'll be there for that. Week 11 against the Bucks. Where's my UK faithful, my European faithful? We got a whole bunch of people coming out from, I think, Germany and UK for that game. That's going to be fun. We added the Seahawks week 14 home game, and we're adding week 18 for the Rams. Go to 49ers Rush Road Trip. All those ticket packages are up now. Um, tailgates, food, everything, and as every single event that we do from now on, family-friendly, anybody under the age of 18 gets in free with an adult, period. Don't have to pay for anything. Don't have to subscribe for a ticket. If you buy a ticket and you bring with you somebody under the age of 18, we got you covered. And we're going to have a much, we're doing a much better job of conscious effort this year to make all of these events where kids have activities, uh, video game stations at the tailgate. We're doing raffles. We're doing trivia. We're going to have games for kids. We're going to have all kinds of stuff to make sure that this is a memorable experience to build the faithful. Now, if you haven't joined us once before, here you go. Going to 49ers games is awesome. But what's even better than that is going to 49ers games with the faithful, joining the community. And we got you covered. The 49ers Rush Road Trip is going into its fourth year of bringing the faithful together. Night before parties, tailgates the day of. We got you covered. Go get your tickets at 49ersRushRoadTrip.com. All right. Um, loving these comments that are coming through. I got a little behind. It's hard to kind of jump back and forth. It's not one of my be best uh, <laughs> traits, uh, to say the least, but that's okay. That's okay. Uh, so let's get through some of these. I love it. Uh, right here, Donald Johnson, CJ. Okay, she is stubborn for greatness. I understand. Poor you. Talking about how CJ, his wife, I think, is a Rams fan. Ooh, that's rough, buddy. So <laughs> hang in there. Hang in there. Uh, Big Papa says, comp picks are not third round. Though they are not fourth round, they are just tweeners. Talking about the pick that we used for Jake Moody earlier, I said, you know, I wouldn't spend a third round pick on him. Kyle Shanahan likes to have it both ways. So does John Lynch. And I get it. You know, those are third round picks. I mean, they're literally third round picks. John, Kyle Shanahan came out and said, you know, we don't see it as a third round pick. We see it as a fourth round pick. But they are third-round picks. It's like literally in the third round, your day two of the draft. But I understand that comment. He says, you know, they're just tweeners. My thing is third-round picks are valuable, even in the back end. And maybe Jake Moody pans out. I hope he does. You know, I, I keep this picture around just to remind me. Whenever we were doing the live draft, this was when they announced. This is what me and Brian Carter's face looked like when they announced the Jake Moody pick. I was not excited. Not because of anything Jake Purdy has or has not done. I just don't think that you should ever draft kickers and punters. And if you do, maybe the sixth or seventh round. But even then, I felt the same way when we drafted Mitch Wisnowski 
in the fourth round in the Nashville draft. I hated it. I couldn't stand it. it grossed me out. Um, still think it was a terrible pick. And Bradley Pinion, who we had on that roster, we let walk. He's top three punter now. Top three. Um, but Mitch Wisnowski's picked it up a lot lately, and I think he's coming off his best year. I hope he continues to do well. They signed him to an extension. I just, I don't know. There were a lot of people on the board that were really, really high up, and for somebody to be like, yeah, but you don't understand what a kicker is. Well, are you also excited about Robert Bill Jr., are you, D. Winters, you know, all these rookies that went after him? There were guys at that caliber or better that were there. Um, but I'm fully embraced and excited for Jake Moody, and I hope he dominates. Um, I, I, I really do. Right here, I have a feeling Moody will be good. When does camp start? Ooh, I love it. So um, if you see right here, I'll put the dates on the bottom. Rookies report for camp July 18th. That's soon, baby. Soon, baby, soon. That's two days. Then after that, we've got the vets reporting to camp July 25th. That's kind of the start date right after that. They'll report on the 25th, conditioning, conditioning, conditioning. And then, you know, they'll, they'll kind of get started with that one. Um, that's when training camp and all that stuff gets going. Then after that, you got joint practices with the Raiders, August 10th and 11th. Then our first preseason game right after that, August 13th. It's, man, there's not a lot of time. That's all I got to say. Like, the time period of no news, it's kind of done. Um, it is kind of done. So uh, excited about this. Right here, I don't know, uh, observe natural evolution. Anomaly, a team so good we can't win when it matters. Thank you, Kyle Shanahan. Yeah, I would argue you are completely wrong uh, there, but that's okay. Actually, you're not logically wrong. And you finished it with thank you for Kyle Shanahan sarcastically. Man, are you thinking Chip Kelly? Are you thinking Dennis Erickson? Are you thinking Mike Singletary? Are you thinking those guys? Because that's where we were. If every single head coach in the NFL was fired, okay, all 32 head coaches wiped the board, and every single team had their choice of who to hire as a head coach, Kyle Shanahan would not be lower than three on any single head coach list. For every single organization, Shanahan would not be lower than three. It wouldn't be. Uh, because of age, dude can coach for as long as he wants. Work ethic, the community, People that have coached with Kyle Shanahan love him. Go listen to the play callers on The Athletic. Is he got a lot of pride and arrogance? Yeah. That's not necessarily a bad thing. Um, is, is he the most humble guy and whatever? No, he's not. And he'll tell you he's not. Work ethic, scheme. There's a reason why every team in the NFL keeps hiring our coaches away. It's Kyle Shanahan. It's not John Lynch. And he's won without Robert Sala. He's one without Mike McDaniel. He's one without LaFleur. He's one without. He's one without. You can keep going down the line. The one constant is Kyle Shanahan, and it just keeps working. So I, I, I get that there are people out there that make a living off of just bashing Kyle Shanahan, and I hope that they continue to make money. I always want to see people make money, uh, even if I don't agree with them. But good Lord, who would you rather have? Who would you rather have? Bill Belichick? Look what he's done without Brady. Look what he's done without Brady. Mike Tomlin, that one I can get behind. I love Mike Tomlin. But does he give you any schematic advantage? He's just a leader of men. A defensive coach, pretty damn good at what he does. But I don't know, man. Andy Reid? 
I would have a hard time pulling for an Andy Reid team. I, I know that he's like the most beloved character and all that stuff, but man, he really doesn't care if people beat women and children. It's just not a concern for him. You look at his teams throughout the history of his thing, he has no issues with it whatsoever. Uh, maybe he does, but he sure as hell doesn't mind signing players repeatedly that continually do that. And that sucks. You know, I I buy my kids Niners jerseys and Niners clothes, and they can wear that with pride and with respect. Is Kyle Shanahan, John Lynch perfect? No. But I don't have to go through the whole Frank Clark and all that kind of different stuff. And, ugh, yeah, I'm okay with that. Uh, so, like, I don't know. I get that Kyle Shanahan's not perfect. He's not. But, man, find a coach that's been more influential in such a small time in the NFL because he's still young. It's hard to find something like that, man. Um, it's just hard to. So we'll see here. Uh, CJ says, third time's the charm. We're winning the Super Bowl this year. Yeah, we were perfect 5-0 and in the Super Bowl. Then we had the loss against the Ravens uh, in the Superdome. Then we had a loss against the Chiefs down in Miami, which I was at that one. Um, yeah. Uh, here we go. Mosquito Killer. What's up, man? says, I know it's off topic. Can you see a scenario where maybe Kyle goes back to Purdy starting and Lance packages in there like he started to do with Garoppolo? I feel finger was a problem. I don't think so. Main reason why I don't think so is, one, Purdy was so reliable in the red zone. That's where he was fire. So if you were going to do a Lance package with Purdy starting, it would be short yardage where you can use the run and all that stuff. But... I just don't see it. Shanahan came out and said, man, I had a really hard time with rhythm in my play calling when they were rotating out Garoppolo and Lance, which they did for like one game. So I don't see it. I want to see Lance play. I think we all do. Not at the expense of Brock Purdy, though. If Brock Purdy's healthy, Brock Purdy should be out there. I believe that. The question the entire time, and you can see it scrolling down at the bottom, you know, the calendar Purdy clear timeline was supposed to be the fourth week of August. That's what the surgeon gave right after they did the surgery. Fourth week of August. Season starts September 10th. So if he's cleared the fourth week of August, you're talking, what, 13 days? That he's going to have to play before week one? Now you're into decision mode. Do you throw him out there even though Lance has been getting those snaps, even though Darnold's been getting those snaps? I don't know. Um, we'll see. Right here, uh, we got Purdy Super Bowl win is coming. Yeah, Purdy wins the Super Bowl. That dude stays. But I was screaming last year after the first playoff win against Seattle in the wild card round, Purdy should be the starter moving forward. After the Dallas game, Purdy should be the start moving forward. Then you had the NFC Championship. He got hurt. Injuries change everything. And a lot of Alex Smith conversation earlier with the Chiefs and the Niners. Guess what? How'd he lose his job? Wasn't because he played bad. It's because he got injured. And so, so we'll see there. Bomber. Brock is damn good. I agree. Watch this film last season. Guy hit everybody. Uh, very well could be the real deal. I hope so, man. Uh, I know you've been out on Trey Lance since the start, Bomber. Um, but, uh, yeah, I, I don't know. I, I do not. I'm the biggest Brock fan there is, I feel like. Does that mean I don't like Trey? No. But, man, I love Brock, and if he can keep doing what he did, that's great. Did his play go down a little bit in the playoffs? It did, but it's playoff football. That's the way it goes. Um, I want Brock to be the guy. I really, really do. 
Oh, what's up, Chuck? He says, do you think with a more proficient quarterback in the Shanahan era, we would have two Super Bowl wins? Just a thought. Yeah, I mean, you look at the games that matter that we lost. Okay, so there's a couple ways we can talk about it. Let me, let me open this and let, let's do this correctly. So I've got the numbers to kind of back up and go with this. And if the numbers tell me something different, then we'll, we'll alter and we'll go that way. If you look at the postseason performance of Jimmy Garoppolo, I think you have to start there, right? You know, he's got four playoff wins for the 49ers, four of them, which is pretty badass. Lost against the Chiefs, not good. Um, he had a great first three quarters, finished 20 of 31, 219 yards, no problems there. One touchdown, that's not good. Two interceptions, really, really bad. Only got sacked once. Uh, which is interesting. But, yeah, I mean, he just, down the stretch, fourth quarter, he couldn't do anything. He just went cat catatonic. You had that hit to the head that should have been a penalty, wasn't called, led to an interception. Maybe that changes things. Overthrew Manuel Sanders. Maybe that changes things. Go on down the thing. Uh, you know, it's, it's what it is. And it's funny because, you know, I said earlier, I love Quan Alexander. He's one of my favorite players recently like in the nfl i just love him i love his personality the energy he plays with the explosiveness nick bosa was asked right after the end of the 2019 regular season when they were still in the playoffs who the defensive mvp should be and he said i think Quan alexander he hasn't played for us much but the leadership and the veteran presence and the energy he's been the soul of the defense i love Quan alexander dude came back from a torn peck Played in the NFC Championship game. We won. He played in the Super Bowl. I argue the worst Super Bowl that took place wasn't Jimmy Garoppolo. It was Quan Alexander. Dropped interception. They completely abused Quan Alexander the entire game. He should not have been playing in that game. And so, you know, again, back to your question, Chuck. Do you think a more proficient quarterback in the Shanahan era, we have two Super Bowl wins, Jimmy Garoppolo didn't give up 21 points in the fourth quarter with 10 minutes left. That ain't Jimmy Garoppolo's fault. Maybe more sustained drives would have helped. That was on the defense. And a lot of that was on Quan Alexander. That's just the facts of the case. Now, let's get back to Jimmy um, and the game we lost. We lost the NFC Championship in 2022 against the Rams, 17-20. to You only score 17 points you shouldn't win. He goes 16 to 30, terrible, 53%, terrible. 232 yards, all right. Two touchdowns, good, one interception. It's not awful. It's not awful. He didn't get sacked once. He didn't make any plays, though. He made that one, uh, two touchdown passes, one interception, but 50% completion percentage, that ain't it. That ain't it. So, I don't know, man. Super Bowls are hard. Super Bowls are hard. You look at the NFC Championship game this year. That was just, we were out of it. The freaking second drive. Even though it was 7-7 seven to seven with like two minutes left in the second quarter, Josh Johnson, that wasn't going to get it done. Defense was good enough, though. And so I've seen a lot of people bring up a lot of Kirk Cousins stuff with the quarterback show that's on um, Netflix, which is really, really good. I'm working through that. When I get tired from packing and I'm not working on the show, I've been watching that. Kirk Cousins comes across pretty good. I ain't going to lie. I do not like Kirk Cousins. I've been very adamant about that on this show. I can't say. I don't think he's a good teammate, but he's tough as hell. 
uh, toughness, works hard. There's no doubt about any of those things. You put Kirk Cousins on these Niners teams, do we win? I don't think we do. I do not think we do. Is Kirk Cousins a better statistical quarterback than Jimmy Garoppolo? Yes, in every way, shape, and form. But he's not a gamer. I would argue probably Jimmy Garoppolo might not be either, especially in the playoffs. I don't know, man. It's interesting. Um, I don't know. I don't know. Right here. Uh, sorry. Uh, observe. Protection for our quarterbacks has been Kyle's Achilles. I don't think it's just a Kyle Shanahan problem. Uh, you got to look outside. The, the NFC West had 13 quarterbacks start last year. There's only four teams. So, yeah, there's been injuries there for sure. Not No 49ers quarterback got injured because of our offensive line last year. Not one. Not one. Trey Lance didn't get hurt because of protecting the quarter, you know, uh, offensive line blocking or whatever. That was on a running play. You say, well, don't call running plays. Well, Jalen Hurts and look at the the play that they all show for Patrick Mahomes in the Super Bowl last year. Running the ball, running the ball. It's going to happen. Jimmy Garoppolo, he got hurt because this is weird. He got hurt because of Robbie Gold. Is that fair? Probably not. They were at like the 34. If he took that sack, you can't even attempt a field goal. So what does he do? Protection broke down. He tried to fight for extra yards to get to the 30-yard line. You can listen to him talk to him. He's like, I know how important the 30-yard line is for us. I tried to get there. Got rolled up on. Guy that hit him was a free blitzer off the edge. They brought five. Not against the offensive line. That's not it. You look at the Brock Purdy injury. Not against the offensive line. I know you're saying protection for our quarterbacks has been the Achilles heels, but yeah, it's a, it's an issue. There's no doubt, but any team that runs bootlegs, that's just part of it. And this is the new NFL. Everybody's releasing five eligibles out into the field. So you're not max protecting. No team does that anymore. No team does that anymore. And we do it sometimes, but I mean, you can't keep Christian McCaffrey and George Kittle back blocking all the time. You just can't do that. They're too damn valuable out in the open field. Yeah. <laughs> Look at this, Donald. Patrick Mahomes reminds me of a middle child from Roseanne. That is hilarious, and I know exactly who you're talking about. Um, that is that is awesome. Let's see here. Brock has a lot of help. Uh, Willis times two. Gibson times three. Jimmy Ward, Lenore, all those guys all had big-time turnovers that set Brock up 30 yards or closer. Turnovers are huge. There's no doubt about it. Um, and the Niners are probably one of the best teams in the NFL at playing complementary football where the offense helps out the defense defense helps out the offense. Yeah. There's no doubt about that. Uh, I love that. That's a good thing. Uh, all good things right there. There we go. Uh, going through some of these questions. Oh, right here. Look at this. Josh 40 hours rush. Going to have a hell of a season. I'm so pumped. I am so freaking pumped. And <laughs> look at this. Nice. We get to play the Cowboys twice this year. If they make the playoffs. I do want, I always want to play the Cowboys. I want to play them in the playoffs again. We've knocked them out back-to-back -back years. I want three straight years knocking those chumps out. I hate the Cowboys. I hate them. Like, I love the Niners, right? But my history, it's tied to the Dallas. I was raised, born and raised in Dallas. I hate them. I can't stand them. And my whole fandom of the 49ers comes out of my hate. For them, I had a terrible stepdad, if you don't know the story. When I was nine years old, asked for a Jerry Rice jersey for my birthday because I hated him so much. It was a team he hated. So, boom, 1989 forward, that's what it was. It's just stuck. I hate him. 
I love the Niners more than I hate the Cowboys, right? But number two is I hate the Cowboys. <laughs> I hate those. I hate those people. Uh, not not the people, uh, but the people. I do hate them. I do. I hate them all. And that's okay. That's okay. Uh, let's see here, right here. Keep going through this. Uh, hate the Cowboys too. Thank you, Justin. See, that's what I'm saying. That's what I'm saying. CJ, do you think they can have a worse last second play to end the season? Oh, yeah. Talking about the Cowboys. That's just coaching matters. You know, I, I talked earlier in this episode about the difference between the Rams and the Cardinals and how the Cardinals have a much better roster. I would take the Cardinals roster every single day over the Rams. It's not even close. But coaching is so damn important in this game. It's everything. Coaching is so important. And so you look at the Cowboys. It's terrible coaching. On the offensive side, it's terrible. Mike McCarthy is a bad head coach. And you can see it with how often games run bad for him, and he doesn't even admit his mistakes. He just says it was the right call. Really? Running Dak with that much time left was the right call? He, he swears by it. Him and Dak, they can't grow. They can't get better. Why? Because it's not their fault. Because it's all about ego and me, 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 me. Then you look at it this year. You're going to put Zeke Elliott at the center. What the hell is wrong with you? You deserve all the hate that you get. <laughs> What's the Dave Chappelle haters ball? Hate, 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 hate. <laughs> Embrace the hate, man. Come to the dark side. Um, right here, beating Seattle and Dallas in the postseason. Such an amazing feeling. That was awesome. Those two games. I loved it. Um, yeah, uh, Josh D. Hopkins to the Titans. We started the show off about that. Love it that he's out of the NFC West. Makes me happy, man. Makes me very happy. Justin, any word on how McKivitz is coming along at right tackle? I think they like it. I think they like it a lot. Um, we'll see when the pads come on. Offensive line is interesting. Because when you don't have pads on, you kind of lose a lot. You lose a lot. Uh, defensive tackles, defensive edge players, they get such an advantage in one-on-ones and 11-on-11s when you don't have those shoulder pads on. Because the shoulder pads add. One, what's the first thing every single offensive lineman drill does? You got to fit up. You grab the breastplate of the shoulder pads, and that's how you steer. When they don't have that, you don't have that. Plus, what they add to your shoulders and making the gaps narrower, we'll see. When the when the pads come on, you got to see. Uh, that's when you get to see. So we haven't seen it yet. Uncle Shaggy, what's up, buddy? He says, we have studs on both sides. If we have a healthy quarterback for the season, do you think we can win the Super Bowl? 100%. I've been saying for a while, for two and a half years, 2023 is the year the Niners are going to win the Super Bowl. I said that. Before we drafted Trey Lance, I said it after we drafted Trey Lance, and I'm saying it now that Brock Purdy's going into his second year. Now, does it mean it's going to happen? Like I said, a lot of good things have to go your way. A lot of positive breaks. You don't get those breaks. Ball doesn't bounce your way. Tart doesn't catch that interception. You know, split second, Brock's arm doesn't get hit. Trajectories change. They have all of the tools, all of them, to win a Super Bowl this year. It's not even close. Donald, how many sacks will the Niners have as a team? How many will Bosa have? Like to hear your predictions. Ooh, I like this. 
So if we look at the leaders, let's go in here to uh, the leaders for sacks. Oh, that's the wrong one. Let's go 2022 seasonal leaders. Let me find defensive stats. Man, this is hard to navigate over here. It's being a turd. There we go. Team defense. So if we look at just what sacks were and what those numbers were last year, the 49ers were, man, they were pretty far down the list. We had 44 sacks last year during the regular season. To put that into perspective, the Philadelphia Eagles led the NFL and tied the all-time record with 70. That's a lot of sacks. I think the Niners' sack total goes up. We were at 44 last year. I would say I want 50-plus. So if, if I wanted to grade the Niners on a successful pass rush season, you got to get over 50 sacks. That That's what I want. If 50 sacks would have put us top five last year, instead I think we're around like 10 or 11. Now, our pressure percentage was great. Our hits on the quarterback was amazing. I think we led the NFL. Did we lead the NFL in quarterback knockdown rate? No, we didn't, but we were up there. So last year, you know, you look at what happened with Nick Bosa. I think he had 18 and a half, if I'm not mistaken. You got to get to 19 and a half. To, that's the all-time record for the 49ers, Alden Smith. 22 and a half is the all-time record. TJ Watt um, and uh, Reggie White, I think, have that. Or Michael Strahan, sorry. I apologize. So, yeah, I want to get to 50 sacks. And, man, I, I want Nick Bosa to get the Niners record. Obviously, I want him to shatter all the records. I'm going to say 20 sacks. I want Bosa to get 20 sacks. That's what I want. I want him to have a little something else to keep going for. He's got the defensive player of the year. He gets 20 sacks, gets the all-time 49ers record this year, then breaks the all-time. <laughs> see what I'm saying? I'm stepping it, right? Defensive player of the year, all-time sack, 49ers sack leader next year, this year, 2023, then the all-time set. That's what I want if I'm just going to dream. You know, be unselfish, right? Um, so that's what I want. So 50 sacks, Bosa get 20 sacks. That's 30 sacks split up with everybody else. Man, that would be nice. CJ, John, did you see any of the new Lance throwing videos going around? I did, and I loved it, but I'm just going to say this. I don't think the thing that's going to make Lance better for the 49ers are those fun throwing motions and all the spirals. That ain't what I want to see. Can Lance check it down? Jimmy Garoppolo never learned that trait. This year, 2023, was the best he ever did at checking it down and throwing the ball away. I need Lance. The physical tools are there. I ain't worried about the deep ball with Lance. Not at all. I want quick decision-making from Trey Lance. That's what I want to see. Those videos are not going to show me that. I want to see padded practices, which I'll be at, where he is consciously making quick decisions and getting rid of the ball quick. That's what I want to see. That's what it's going to take for me to be excited about Lance stuff. The dude can throw the ball. He's got a howitzer. That's never changed. And I know everybody wants to break down the throwing motions. I'm sorry. Watch the footwork. I care way more about that than I do his arm stuff too. Oh, Josh says 21 and a half sacks for Bosa. Whew. Man, that would be nice. Look at this breakdown. Kurt, Bosa 15 to 22. Armstead 4 to 10. Hargrave 6 to 12. Others, Drake. I wonder what's going to happen with Drake Jackson there. Mm. Man, if Drake got over five and a half sacks, I would be so happy. 
Yeah, I, I would like that. Chuck says, think rotation uh, good. Do the bookends for sacks. Yeah, there we go. Rotation's good. Yeah, I, I love it. Ah, I'm excited. Debster says she wants accuracy. That's fair. Um, here we go. Lance has hospital checkdowns. He struggles. That's what that's what I want to see. I want to see better there. I want to see better there. Uh, and last comment right here. James says, I think four of the D-line will get 10-plus sacks. Bosa, Armstead, Hargraves, Jackson, 10-plus sacks. Yeah, if that was the case. I mean, we had 44 last year. If you get four or 10-plus sacks, it's possible. Hargraves has done it. Armstead has done it. Bosa's done it almost every year. Jackson, that would be key. If Drake Jackson gets 10 sacks, holy cow. That would be, whew. Look at this, Bill 6+. plus. Golly, that would be incredible. All right. Let's pull this show to a close. Best number 24 all time. Not a lot. Um, not a lot. There are some recent ones. Best 24, Jordan Mason. Mm, he's not there yet. He could be the best ever. Do you guys remember Anthony Booby Dixon? God, he was so fun. Michael Robinson was a fourth rounder for us out of Penn State. He played 62 games for the Niners. Sad news is he goes to Seattle, wins his Super Bowl, and gets a Pro Bowl season there, but not with us. Mike Rumpf, first-round pick out of Miami, 36 games for the Niners. Kwan Williams, the shark, baby. Uh, he was here in 2016 but was on the practice squad. Shanahan and them arrive. They keep him. He goes immediately into the starting lineup with Robert Sala. Played 65 games for the Niners. I love Kwan Williams. Jimmy Thomas. Look at this. Played his whole career with the Niners, 1969 to 73. Had a 17 AV score. He was a running back, fullback, wide receiver, 1,700 total yards, uh, 12 touchdowns. Delvin Williams, old school, 35 AV score, uh, 1974 to 77. He was a second-round pick out of Kansas. He had one Pro Bowl year with the 49ers. In 1976, he led the NFL – or sorry, no, 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 my bad. 1975 – he led the NFL in yards per touch, 6.6 yards per touch. Um, 1976 had 1,203 rushing yards in that year. Uh, did have an all-pro season, but that was with Miami, uh, not with us. But, yeah, Delvin Williams, just an absolute stud. And I think, what's this number, number 24, uh, you got to go old school. That's just where it is until Jordan Mason pans out. J.D. Smith, we're going all the way back to the 50s and 60s. I was not aware of this player. 56 to 64, he had a 36 AV score, which is incredible. He was a fullback and halfback. Um, 77 49ers starts, two Pro Bowls, two All Pros. Or no, he had a second team All Pro in 1959. He was fifth in MVP voting that year. Listen to this. Listen to this names. Johnny Unitas, he won the MVP. Jim Brown was third. Sam Huff was fourth, and JD Smith was fifth. 42 career touchdowns for JD Smith. Love it, man. And again, it was way before my time. But he has donned the red and gold. He has lit up the NFL, played for a long time. J.D. Smith, love it, man. Uh, Got to embrace the past if we're going to understand the future. So important. But, man, this was a fun episode. Hopefully you guys enjoyed this. Um, we got a lot of stuff coming up. And, man, whenever training camp gets going, we're going to be going hardcore. Hopefully I'll be unpacked by then. <laughs> <laughs> that's the goal uh back to unpacking boxes once i get this loaded everywhere thank you guys really appreciate everything and got to give a shout out to our executive producers because without them this show just does not exist 49ers george 365 
Kilted Niner. Philip K., David G., Timothy R., you are the best. Thank you for all the support and the help in growing this channel. And for everybody else out there, just want to say thank you. And until next time, stay strong, faithful.